Well, I feel like it's so fitting that we have Origin today as our good company correspondent as we are reflecting. It is a day of remembrance. And I've got some questions because I have sensed a shift since I was younger on Remembrance Day. Origin, thank you for joining us here. Always a pleasure. All right, we're going to go deep today. Are you ready? <laughs> I'm I'm ready. Tell me about the shift. Tell me yeah. what's on your mind. Thank you. Let me just pull out a big old comfy couch, um, lay down on it. No, but it's very interesting because growing up, I felt like there was a sense of national unity that was kind of swelled up when we talked about Remembrance Day. And I don't really sense that anymore. I see less people wearing poppies. Um, and I also, like, just... Statistically speaking, there's only one World War One vet apparently left here in Canada, 109 years young. We still have some World War Two vets. But the firsthand accounts of what happened are quickly going away. And then I feel like a lot of the vets from more recent years, like the tours in Afghanistan and such, uh, don't really share the stories because it's so still fresh and it's hard. It's a lot of PTSD that's happening. The war changed. How we look at war has changed. The narratives have changed. So have you noticed a shift as well in Remembrance Day and how we observe it? Brilliant question. Brilliant question and absolutely for sure. Um, a lot of what you already named there, I think that because of, in many ways, like a, a generational gap from a time when there was just a different cultural narrative around war, mm-hmm. uh, perhaps in past generations, World War One and Two, everybody would have parent, a brother, a cousin, a whoever mm-hmm. that was actually going off to war. There was a personal impact of that, a personal experience of loss or pain or fear, uh, stories of trauma that people actually lived through. And then uh, maybe shared those stories with their kids, let alone those who actually went off to fight in wars would come home if they came home carrying those stories. And I think that now just the ways that we culturally relate and relate to the idea of war, the ways we talk about it are, are really different. It's a lot more diverse perspectives than it's us, the good guys versus the bad guys. Yeah, It's actually a lot more of a nuanced take that says, is war actually necessary? We might be asking more questions about like, what's the impact that we are having on the nations that we are going to, to fight or to protect out there. Um, and also, I think it's just really hard for people to talk about things that are that are painful and scary and just heavy in in their nature something like um, the ways that lives families communities and countries are ravaged by war yeah um, I think there's just a different flavor to the ways we talk about these things it's true it's a, a different kind of perspective but even when you think of you know your grandparents directly I know my dad if I asked him what was it like growing up and what did you know your parents and their parents experience you know being brought over as slaves to you know the islands and he's like we don't talk about that we don't talk about it. Mm-hmm. And so there's like a loss in complete understanding of the experiences as generations get further and further removed from such things. And I get it. It's traumatic. <laughs> and I think mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a tough thing to remember, but it is important to remember, isn't it? Yeah, I, I absolutely agree with that. And 
I think we we find ourselves in quite a conundrum because when someone has gone through something deeply painful, deeply uh, psychologically and emotionally impactful, of course, part of the way we protect ourselves from that psychological pain is to not talk about it because it evokes so much pain. Um, But what that can contribute to is a pattern where we never actually get to heal from the pain because we've pushed it down so far. Generationally, we're still feeling the residual impact, but we're not telling the stories, we're not moving that pain through our body, through our system, um, not releasing it. And so I really think that part of, part of actually healing from the trauma of war, personally and collectively and familially, is to be able to tell stories, is to be able to get in contact with, hey, what, what has been the impact on our lives and our reality because of what we've walked through, because of what our, our ancestors, our, our grandparents, great-grandparents have walked through? What were the impacts on them? What are the impacts on me? And as we remember that, it also kind of gives us a footing to say, okay, now that we're in, in touch with where we've come from, um, where do we want to go with this? How how do we want to lead the story forward from here? Um, so in those respects, I really believe that to remember is is a sacred act. Hmm. And I think, too, it also is a wonderful way of creating stronger bonds and just a, a unified community, knowing that uh, you've experienced something bigger than you, that you've contributed to something. I mean, I remember hearing my mom, and to this day, and I mean, it's uh, 2022, and my kids are now getting this, an orange in their Christmas stocking. The reason for the orange in the stocking was because oranges were such a huge treat because of rations. And that started with my great-grandparents, then my grandparent, then my mom, me, and my kids. My kids are like, why is there an orange? They go to the fridge, there's like six more oranges. <laughs> so it's <laughs> lost the importance. But to have those stories can really bring unification, not just culturally, but through generations as well. Absolutely. And and just look at that. I wonder how many things, first of all, I think that's beautiful that you continue to, to carry on that tradition. Um, but I think about how many things whether it's traditions or just like uh, beliefs that we hold or just things that we just kind of internalize and just have as part of our lives. But how many of those things are just there that we never really speak about? We never really get in touch with the story of, oh, yeah, this is how this started. This is where this this tradition, this belief, this practice of ours was incepted, was actually from our great-grandparents who went through something difficult and this was meaningful for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think there's such beauty in reclaiming a connection to the stories that, that have shaped our lives. They've, they're shaping us and they have shaped us whether we know it or not. It's just a matter of getting in touch with that. I think that's the beauty of remembering. Yeah, and there's also so many great lessons that we can take away. The whole saying of um, if you 
don't know what happened before you, so you aren't connected to history, you're doomed to repeat it. I totally butchered that. Uh, That's a Holly paraphrase, but it's so true because things are cyclical. So let's figure out what happens so that doesn't happen again. Let's look out for those warning signs to try to stop it before it happens again. So um, just as we wrap things up, from your perspective, remembering, what are some of the best ways to be able to observe and remember on a day such as this? Woo! Wow. I think that uh, probably the simplest way to start would be hop on Google. That's right. That's where I get all of my uh, therapeutic advice that I share with people is just Google it. That's a joke, by the way. I know. You went to a lot of school. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) But I think it would be a great place to start to just try searching for any local events. Just look up local Remembrance Day events. If this is something that's meaningful for you, you're wanting to learn more about perhaps local history um, or the stories of people in your community. There are tons, well, depending where you're living, uh, typically there are tons of events, uh, memorials hosted um, by local communities, whether at a city hall or or community centers, libraries, and things like that. So I would just start there. And and secondly, a recommendation I'd offer is uh, just ask the people in your community. Ask the people that you have any personal relationship with, whether that's somebody, uh, an elder in your family, uh, or somebody who you know either personally or through a connection to someone else has been impacted by, by an experience of war, if they feel safe to share about that, right? But we can ask that, hey, I'm curious to learn about your story. Would you be willing to share with me um, a little bit about what that was like for you? Would you be willing to share your story with me? And just inviting more of that connection to the stories that are already around us. Again, be it an elder in our family, somebody in our church community, a next door neighbor who we know has been affected, Um, by war or participated in war in some way it can be so healing and such a source of meaningful connection when we just ask I'd love to hear your story will you share it with me nice all you have to do is ask the worst they can say is no or I don't really remember or I don't want to share with you (laughs) or I don't feel like talking about that and that's okay even you by asking though I think does show that that you care then you leave mm-hmm. it at that and you go to Timmy's and get a coffee or something, right? There it is. That's it. <laughs> it all comes down to coffee with me. <laughs> <laughs> Every story, yeah, it's always got to end with coffee. I love it. Exactly. <laughs> Origin, thank you so much for stopping by. No, talking about Remembrance Day and just some of the traumas of that, uh, it can be hard to, to process. And so thank you for holding space for us today to have the conversation. Hey, it's always a pleasure. Thanks so much.